Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Let's go. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, February 3rd, 2022. It is a Thursday, and we are continuing in our readings through um, this devotional guide that uh, follows the Christian calendar. So we are in the fourth week after Epiphany. And so the week kind of six, seven weeks after Epiphany, and then you kind of jump into Lent. Um. uh, So the Lenten season will be coming up shortly. But for a couple more weeks, we'll be um following after epiphany which january 6th uh and so we're in the fourth week and so today's readings are isaiah 54 and then we'll jump over to galatians you guys ready let's do it good morning london good morning trish good morning everybody yeah i know college visits crazy crazy all right isaiah 54 we're going to be reading verses 1 through 10 1 through 10 Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Hmm. So this is a, a prophetic word of hope to, uh, to the people who had been in a desert and barren season. Uh, that a new day was coming. But you know, you can take it literally. Maybe if you are, you know, childless, you may experience that. And the Lord sees you. He knows you. He's with you. Um, in all of our seasons of, uh, of barrenness, God is with us. But it sure is good news when that day is coming to an end, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a good, it's always good news when those barren seasons of life uh, are are coming to a close, that a new day is uh, around the corner. That's always really good news. And for Zion, the prophet is saying, you know what? Uh, your day is coming. You've been uh, barren. You've been in a season of, of drought. You've been in a season of uh, emptiness and, uh, and infertility. But a good day is coming. Hey, why don't we go out today and expecting good things? You know, today's not going to just be another day. Today's going to be a day of expectation. God's going to do something. God's going to show up. I'm going to be uh, used by God today. I'm going to be his hands and feet. Yeah. Verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess the nations and settle in their desolate cities. Wow. So basically, the prophet is saying, "Hey, you need a larger. You get a good. You got to get a bigger house. <laughs> You're gonna have so many descendants. You got to get a bigger house. You got to extend your tent, extend those uh, those uh, those cords, extend those walls, build that extra room, put that addition on because you're gonna need it because you got some babies coming. <laughs> In a sense. Oh, by the way, we just finished. Uh, uh, speaking of additions, we just finished our uh, backyard. I mean." 
quote unquote finished. You know, there's always something, but 90% of it is done. Um, still got to hang the TV, you know, the outdoor TV. That's, you know, that's a, nothing is finished until that's there to watch the games. But it's awesome to get that done. We've been doing that since we moved into this place. We moved in in August and it's been ongoing, but we are so happy with it. If you check out Christy's page, she posted some pictures of it. My wife, Christy, check out her page, Instagram and Facebook. Came out really well. Um, anyway, this made me think of that when we said, you know, build that addition. <laughs> That's what God is saying. The prophet is saying, look, God's going to increase your people. He's going to increase your territory. He's going to bless you. Verse 3. For you will spread out the right to the left. You're just oh, I already read that. Verse 4. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will not for, you will you will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Hmm. Those bad days are over. You, you um, you're gonna you're gonna forget those barren days. You know it's interesting. On a kind of a personal note, you know, uh, you got many of you know kind of the transition, leadership transition. I I, I went through at Bayside and um, and how that had its unique challenges and was difficult, extremely difficult, and kind of took me down to some pretty low places, just esteem wise, emotionally wise. And you know, after those seasons were kind of coming, after that season was were kind of coming to a close and things were starting to improve, people would often ask, "Was it all worth it?" And uh, initially, it was kind of like. Mm, I don't, it's too early to tell. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you go through a really, really hard season and you start seeing some fruit, you start seeing some good things, people are like, wasn't it all worth it? And you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's too, too early to tell. I mean, that was a pretty deep, deep valley. So I, I can't really say yet that it was all worth it. I, I'm hopeful that one day I will look back and say it was all worth it. Um, but right now it's too soon. Like it, the valley was too deep and I'm still coming out of it. And so at this point, mm, Still 50-50, <laughs> if it was worth it or not. But now, you know, many, you know, probably four or five years removed from that deep, deep valley and seeing the great things God is doing, I could say, yeah. And I, I and, it, you, you, and I discovered that you, you forget more and more the, the bad days. Uh, and that's kind of what the prophet is saying here about Israel. You know, you've gone through a difficult season. It's hard. And from right here, it's probably maybe hard for you to think that it will ever be better. And you may wonder if it will ever be worth it. Like, will it, will it ever be worth it to go through that deep valley? But he's saying, you know what? God's going to bless you. He's going to carry you. He's going to do such great things in your life. You're going to look back, back and um, you'll, you'll forget the shame of your youth. Hmm. Man, some of you might need to hear that today. You're in a valley. You're like, man, I feel like I'm in low, a low place. Hear, hear the word of the Lord to you today. He's going to carry you through. And it may not be tomorrow that you feel like it was worth it. It may not be tomorrow or the next day that you feel like, uh, that you forget the pain, but you know what? He's going to carry you. He's going to bring you to such a high place. He's going to he's going to carry you and sustain you and redeem you in such a way uh, that that you will um, believe it or not, you'll even be able to look back at this valley and say to the Lord, "Thank you, thank you, even for the valley." Wow, you know what? And if it doesn't happen in this life, it happens in heaven. One way or another, God proves that to be true. Yes. Verse five, for your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is <clears throat> called the God 
of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and a, and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment, I abandoned you, but with deep compassion, I will bring you back. Move on to verse what? 10. Go on verse 8 right now. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. So God's, God's likening the relationship with Israel like that to a husband and wife. Look, he's saying, look, you know, we've, we've had our issues. <laughs> in, a sense, in a sense, that's what God's saying to Israel. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Over the years, we've had our issues. You know, we've had our, we've had our disputes. I'll be honest with you, Israel. You've made me mad on occasion. And you may be mad to the point that I've hidden my face from you, right? They saw the relationship between Israel and God is, is likened here to a relationship between a husband and wife. They've had their rocky, never had, had their rocky days. <laughs> uh, some of you in marriage, you know that's true. You know that's right. Oh, we had our rough days. We had our rough days. Well, Israel with uh, God, they've had their, they had their rough days. And God's saying, in those days, I was mad. I was mad. I hid my face from you. I, I, I was angry. But, I, but in the end of the day, I, have, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord. To me, this is like the days of Noah, verse 9, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Wow. Wow. Hear that today, friend. Though the mountains be shaken, though the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love, my chesed, unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Dang. God's love for you is never going to be removed. Though the earth give way, though the mountains be shaken, God's love for you ain't budging a bit. He's like, yeah, we had our days. We had our days, Israel. We had our days. We had our moments when things were rocky. We had our days when things weren't great. We had our days when you were, you know, Israel was basically spiritual adultery, right? Ran off with other gods. And, uh, and we had our days. And it, and it made me mad. I'll be honest with you. It made me mad. But I never stopped loving you. I never stopped having compassion for you. I never stopped wanting to reconcile with you. Um. I never stopped wanting you back home. And he said, so a day's coming when we're going to reconcile. We're going to come back. We're going to take you to the highest place. Uh, we're going we're gonna to enlarge the tent. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to fill it with some babies. Because <laughs> uh, you're not going to be barren anymore. You're going to be fruitful. Um, it's this beautiful image of God's marriage with the lamb, marriage with the bride, uh, the lamb of God married with the bride of Christ. Hmm. Yeah. Mark chapter, oh, I'm sorry, I missed one. Galatians chapter 5. Let's do it. Galatians 5. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on for these morning readings. Of course, you may be watching this in the afternoon or listening in the afternoon, but it's live in the morning. So let's read it. Five chapter, uh, Galatians 5, 1 through 15. Freedom in Christ. Here we go. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again 
by a yoke of slavery. It's good to remember. Christ saved you. Christ came to you for freedom. He didn't come to enslave you. Sometimes we think the, the, uh, the, the commands of God are to, to enslave us. That's a lie of the enemy. They're to make us free. They're to, to, so that we can experience the best version of life and the best version of ourselves, the best version of relationships, because God knows us best because he created us. Just like a, you know, a, you know, a person who makes a watch knows the watch the best, God has made us. He knows us better than anyone. So he, doesn't, he didn't uh, set us free for slavery. He set us free for freedom. Verse 2, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value at all to you. Circumcision, again, symbolic, emblematic of going back into religious rules and regulations. You go back into that whole religious rules and regulations thing, then Christ will be of no value to you at all. Verse 3. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Like, if you're going to jump in, man, you got to jump in. If you're going to say that uh, this one particular religious rule is what saves you, then you got to do the whole thing. I just want you just got to do, do the whole thing. Not just circumcision, but you got to keep all of the 600 other laws of the Old Testament. Keep them all. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Yeah, you've fallen away from grace and into law, into legalism. For through the Spirit, we eagerly wait by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. I love this verse. I love this verse, guys. This is a killer right here. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. How about that today for a word over your life? You know, everything I do today, the only thing that's going to count today is faith expressing itself through love. How can I go out today and exercise my faith, expressing my faith through what? Love. The only thing that matters, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself, making itself visible through love. Galatians 5, 6. That's when you ought to underline. Get your little pen. Get your little pen. Underline that one. That was a good one. That's a good one, y'all. Galatians 5, 6. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Jesus didn't tell you that. Jesus didn't, didn't, didn't uh, load you up with all these religious rules. No, no, no. You got that somewhere else. Verse 9. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Verse 10, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being, why am I still being persecuted? This is the Lord Paul is saying, the message is not the same. What these, guys, what these cats are preaching about circumcision, that when a Gentile becomes a Christian to really be a, a, a uh, top-tier Member of the family of God, you got to undergo undergo the laws of Jewish religion, including namely circumcision. Paul's like, we 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 he they are not preaching the same thing I'm preaching. Mm-mm. That is not the gospel. The gospel is that we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. 
our faith in Jesus and nothing else. The one who has thrown you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay for the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I being persecuted? He said, like, if I'm preaching the same thing I'm, they're preaching, then why are they, why are they persecuting me? Because clearly we're not preaching the same thing. In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. Right. If it's just another rule and regulation, if, the, if that's all the cross is, it's just a matter, just another, uh, uh, another incident of religion, then it's, it's pointless. It has been abolished, verse 12. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. <laughs> I love Paul. I love Paul's uh, uh, sarcasm here. Maybe he's not sarcastic. Maybe he really cut something. I don't know. But Paul's like, look, he's using circumcision. Like these guys are so like, they're so like crazy about wanting people to circumcise. Like, what's the what's the circumcision fetish? <laughs> like, like these dudes have a thing with circumcision. Like, what's going on? Like, what's the deal? It has nothing to do with the gospel. It's like, but if they just want to cut something, they just want to just chop, 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 chop. Then I just wish they'd cut the whole thing. Just emasculate themselves. Just, just go crazy with it. You didn't expect that this morning, did you? <laughs> you, didn't ex- you didn't expect all that. Now you're listening. You're like, what the, what the, what? What Pastor Terry talking about? I wish they'd just go ahead and emasculate themselves. Just, you know, just, and what he's saying too is like, just cut themselves off. You know, not, I mean, not just not physically, but also metaphorically. Look, I just wish they'd go the whole way. Like if they just want to cut, I just wish they'd cut themselves off. Just cut themselves off from everybody else because you're doing more harm than good. Ooh, you know some people like that, right? You, got, you know some people with some attitudes, with some uh, some teachings, some perspectives that are, uh, that they're doing, they're doing more harm than good, you know? Uh, you just wish they'd just cut themselves off. I don't know if you, I don't, I don't recommend you send out an email, tell them to emasculate themselves. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> That's the apostle Paul. He can get away with some stuff like that. I don't, but you know, I don't think we need to do that. Uh, but you know, you think it, you'd be thinking it. You're like, man. Yeah. Yeah. Paul bringing the ax. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Uh, verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were. You, 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 you. You called to be free, man. Experience, receive that. You, so, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, why? Why? Why do you not use your, your freedom to indulge the flesh? Because it will, it will steal your freedom. It will steal your freedom. Um, that's, the big, that's the big trick of the enemy. The enemy's like, just go crazy and, you know, do all you want to do. And what you discover is uh, with, with that kind of attitude, you end up being a slave. A slave. Slave to your own desires. A slave to addiction. Uh, a slave to, uh, to uh, a lack of self-control. You know, that can be a bondage. The, a bondage uh, to not have self-control. Um, to 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 uh, just um, have have no constraint is is a is a is a bondage. Do you know how many people you, you talk to? Like, man, I wish, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I created so much more drama and issue. If I would just wouldn't, have, it created what what? Now you've enslaved yourself. But the enemy enemy says, no, you just got to do whatever you want to do. Just go crazy. Just do anything. 
yeah, that's a, that's a quick way to be enslaved. <laughs> but Christ wants true freedom. He wants us to truly have free, have those fruit, fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, love. That's freedom, man. You live in those things. You can, you can live in those things all day long with no regrets. Come on. That's what God wants for us. That's what he purchased for us. Not just what he wants. That's what he died for, man. That's what he, that's what he gave his life for. So do not indulge in, do not, in, do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. I'm going to read verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Wow. Wow. So today you're like, how do I, how do I, um, how do I not indulge the, uh, the, the, the sinful nature? How do I not indulge these sinful desires? Look, you don't focus on that. You don't go out into the day and say, okay, I can't do it. I got to stay away from the sinful desires. I got to stay away from the sinful desires. No, no, no. No, you don't focus on that. You don't focus on that at all. Paul's telling us right there. You know what you focus on? You focus on the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. You'll be so busy walking by the Spirit, you won't have time to worry about that other mess. Focus on the Spirit. Focus on how, be, how, you can be, how we can be loving and good and kind and patient and gentle. How we can be self-controlled and honest and faithful. Yeah, focus on those things. Don't even have time to worry about that other stuff. And then you realize, man, I went through the whole day today. I didn't blow up at anybody. <laughs> it's a miracle. Uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Man, we, 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 uh, we, we, this is some good word today. I ain't lying, y'all. That's a good word. Walking according to the Spirit. Walking according to the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. All right, let's see what Jesus has to say over here. Let's see what Jesus got to say over here in, Galate, in uh, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea of Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? Or actually, who? Yeah. They replied, well, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? The most important question any human being will ever answer in their life is this. Who do you say Jesus is? This is the most important. This, all of history pivots on this question. Your life pivots on this question. So does mine, right? My life pivots on this, the answer to this question. Who do you say Jesus is? If you just say he's a prophet, if you just say he's Elijah, if you just say some another wise teacher, um, you're missing all the benefit of having a relationship with Jesus. So Jesus says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Like, it's one thing for the world to have their opinions of who Jesus is, but it's really important as my followers that you get this, man. So who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Not yet. Don't tell anybody about me yet. Just hold on. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. 
he spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Peter says, you're the Messiah. And Jesus then starts to teach them, look, this is what it means to call me Messiah. This is what the Son of Man must do. The reason I, want, I don't want you to go telling everybody is because you don't fully understand what it means to be Messiah yet. So I need to teach you what Messiah means, what my uh, messianic calling is, what, uh, what it means for me to be the Messiah, what I came to do. I need you to get this before you just go telling everybody that I'm the Messiah because you don't really understand what you're saying when you say it. And what that means is, what it means to call me Messiah is to know and understand that I have come to give my life as a sacrifice for sin. And that I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to die on a cross, I'm going to be raised in three days. They never heard that, guys. <laughs> they missed that. like Because that was just uncomprehensible. Like, what? Comprehensible. Like, what? How you get raised? No. But they heard about suffering, and they're like, no, 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 you're the Messiah. You can't be doing that. Jesus says, no, you got to get this. you got to get this. The fundamental calling of uh, Jesus was to give his life as an atoning sacrifice for sin. And he's got, I've got to suffer. And Peter, he didn't get that. So what did he call? He called Jesus off to the side and he rebuked him. <laughs> and that don't never go good, man. When you don't, you rebuking Jesus, that, don't, that usually don't turn out real well. Um, verse 33, but when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Watch this. Get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Whoa. Uh, uh, Peter, you're still thinking about Messiah as power, conquering, kingship, uh, ruling, uh, the absence of suffering. But you don't understand that essential to my calling and what I've come to do is to suffer for you. Verse 34, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. He said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, who wants to be his disciple? Everybody, hands up. Anybody want to be his disciple? Yeah, me. So do I. Whoever wants to be my disciple, then this this what this what must happen? Must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Um. Again, he's appealing to our desire to save our lives. Nothing wrong with wanting to save your life. Nothing wrong with wanting your life to matter. That's all good. Jesus says, yeah, if you want that, then you got to lose it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the angels, with the holy angels. And he said to them, truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Mm. What good is it, guys, to gain the whole world and yet forfeit your own soul? Jesus is saying, you want to save your life? Good. Good. You should. It's valuable. You want to save it? You got to lay it down. You don't gain it by, you don't gain your soul by accumulating stuff, by gaining the world. You save your soul by gaining Jesus. Ooh. You save your soul not by gaining the world. You save your soul by gaining Jesus. Yeah. So let's go after that. All right, you guys. So glad you guys are on. Hey, you know what we do? We read. We pray. We change the world. So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for a chance to spend some time with my friends reading your word. Uh, thank you for speaking to us through your word. God, thank you that you've called us to be free. 
Um, and it is through by freedom that we experience your joy, your peace, and all that you have planned for us. Lord, thank you that you have great things in store for us, or that you desire goodness and, and uh, fruitfulness, uh, that you take us from barren places and lead us to uh, goodness and, uh, and abundance. Lord, I pray that for each and every one of my friends today, that they would experience your abundance. Lord, if they're in the valley, that they would be compelled by the vision of a better day that you have for them. Lord, if, they're, if we're in abundant places, Lord, may we stop and give you thanks. Thanks for where we are, for what you've done, and for what you're doing. And God, we know that all of it is because of you. Um, you know, we, we understand, Lord, that it profits us nothing to gain the whole world if we lose you. So we love you, we thank you, and we thank you for the salvation uh, that you've provided for us through your death and resurrection. Lord, I pray for my friends, every, each and every one of them, may you bless them today, encourage them, strengthen them, help them to have a really good day, bless them really good, I ask in your name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for sharing this, liking this, commenting on this, um, subscribing to it if you're listening to it on a podcast. Uh, thank you for all that. Thank you for your comments. If you go on Apple, leave a comment or Spotify, wherever you, you can leave a comment. That's really appreciated. Helps people find it. Know a little bit about the podcast if they're looking around for uh, a daily podcast. So I appreciate that. All right, you guys have a great uh, weekend. Uh, if I don't see you Sunday, we'll see you next uh, Monday morning. All right, you guys. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.